We're very pleased to be joined on the line now by Paz Forgione, who is the Raise the Rate campaigner from the Australian Council of Social Services. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, Paz. Good to be here. Now, it's refreshing and positive that the question of unemployment benefits has been constantly in the news. In one sense, it's positive because at least people are more uh, aware of it now and I think uh, arguably more aware of just how difficult it is to, to live on the uh, unemployment benefit. The, the negative side of all that attention, of course, is that it's a reflection of, of the, the large numbers of unemployed people in the community, and we'll get onto that in a moment. But I wanted to start with uh, a very telling survey that the Australian Council of Social Services released last week. It was called the I Can Finally Eat Fresh Fruit and Vegetables uh, survey uh, involving 955 uh, respondents uh, and, and their experiences of the double dole, I suppose you might call it, or the, the, the unemployment rate job seeker allowance with the COVID so-called COVID-19 supplement. So tell us about uh, the results of that survey and I guess the, the kind of social importance or significance of, of, of those survey results. Yeah, well, the um, survey results uh, would probably not, um, well, they certainly didn't shock us, but uh, what we found was that right across the board, since the start of the coronavirus supplement at the end of April, where, as you mentioned, uh, the rate of job seeker and youth allowance was temporarily doubled, um, like overwhelming numbers of people who are reporting that um, it's easier for them um, to afford um, fresh fruits and vegetables, that they're skipping less meals, that it's easier for them to um, pay for the cost of uh, medications and specialist health services like seeing a dentist or, or seeing a a, um, a physiotherapist, um, the picture that's painted is that um, since the start of the supplement, people are in better health, they're less stressed and anxious, and it's easier for them to um, keep up with their rent and bills. And just to, just to mention like a couple of the findings, um, like 83% of people said that they were like eating better, 75% of people said they were catching up on bills, um, 69% of people said that it's easier for them um, to cover medical costs, whether it's medicines or, or seeing specialists. And um, two-thirds of people, 65%, said that it's easier for them um, to cover their rent or move into safer and more suitable accommodation. For example, you know, people um, who might be couch surfing or um, you know, living in a friend's garage, I'm like, you're now able to, um, to move into a share house. So I'm um, pretty... Pretty overwhelming findings, as I said, they they don't um, shock us because you know working closely with people and job seeker and youth allowance, we know that the old rate was absolutely unlivable um, and was having a you know, monumental impact on people's health and and well-being and and I think they reinforce the case for the um, um, government um, like implementing a, a permanent raise to job seeker and youth allowance, like ensuring that these payments. Um, never again fall back below the poverty line. Yes, and of course you yourself and many other campaigners have been highlighting how manifestly inadequate the unemployment rate is for a number of years and it's you know, kind of tragic in a sense that it, that's only been highlighted to a wider segment of the population in these very uh, awful circumstances of the COVID-19 pandemic and an explosion of the unemployment rate and we can't really take on face value the Australian Bureau of Statistics 
uh, official unemployment rate of 7.1%. Roy Morgan, for instance, estimates it to be 14.8%, and it could well be even higher than that if one takes into account uh, the millions of people on JobKeeper and the, some 600,000 people who are no longer participating in the labour market. But just getting to the question specifically of the rates uh, that will happen in September, there's been a lot of focus in the news about what's going to happen in September with both the job seeker payment and the job keeper payment. And the latest speculation, whether it was a deliberate leak from the federal cabinet or not, uh, we're not sure. Uh, but media reports by News Corp that uh, the government is, is considering a $75 a week increase. So that would bring up the unemployment rate from $565 to $700. $15 a fortnight. What's the position of ACOS in terms of is that, obviously it's an improvement in absolute terms, but is, is that enough, a $75 a week uh, increase once that COVID-19 supplement uh, is removed in September? No, no, it's, 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 nowhere, it's nowhere near enough. Let me, let me be clear that um, um, job seeker and youth allowance are not just, I'm a little bit low. They're uh, drastically low. They're <clears throat> Um, something in the order of, of uh, depending on which poverty line um, you use, um, are between 170 and um, you know, well over 200 dollars a week below the poverty line. That's that's the that's the normal rate. I'm like excluding the the current temporary supplement. So a so a 75 a week raise would uh, would um, would certainly not be um, sufficient. I mean, what we what we're hearing from people is that um, it's the it's the doubling of the rate that's allowed people, you know, for, you know, for the first time in years, in some cases, you know, to, to be able to eat better, to, um, you know, eat healthy, nutritious food, to cover medical costs, to catch up on bills and debts. Uh, we don't think that a that a small increase um, would be enough. Um, would have the same, you know, positive benefits on people's. Health and well-being, and their ability to, you know, stay stay connected to the world, you know, to their family and their, their friends and their community. Um, so, I mean, most most I'm sorry, like it's not a large enough increase. Uh, the other thing to point out is with with JobSeeker, uh, with the um, supplement and JobKeeper coming to an end uh, in late September, uh, we know that there's a there's an economic um, cliff. That's approaching, um, and and all that money um, being taken out of the economy, being taken out of the the consumer economy, will have a um, have a devastating impact on um, people's ability to um, spend. Uh, they'll barely be able to um, cover their rent. So um, to offset um, uh, the impact of those. Um, those payments being removed if the government does um, like end up removing them. We need a, a substantial increase. And it's not only do we need a large raise to ensure that um, you know, people can live with dignity, but we also need a large increase um, to ensure that, that, uh, that we don't have a further um, like economic collapse. Now, you can imagine the next question, and certainly the question you'd always get from mainstream uh, journalists, Paz, at this point in the conversation, and it's it's sort of a dreary, predictable question, and, and I have certainly my own position and arguments as to why it's uh, a wrong-headed question, but nevertheless, it's a question that many 
people ask out there in the community as well as in the media, which is how can we afford this? If you if you are arguing for a permanent uh, increase or doubling of the rate of of, of the unemployment uh, payment. That's unfortunately, I guess, the quite unquite common sense that's out there in, in a lot of the communities. Well, how can we uh, how can we afford this? Well, I mean, at this point, actually, the question, um, like I think, is the opposite. Like, how can we not like afford to do this? I mean, we are we are in um, like economic conditions that we haven't experienced in decades. Um, um, a serious crisis, much. Much deeper than the recession of the of the of the early 90s or the or the recession of the early 80s. And many many mainstream economists are saying that at this particular time, you know, this this is not the time to worry about something unlike debt. Like what we need to be thinking about is um, um, lifelines um, for our community and for our economy, not about um, budget deficits. That should be the least thing in our minds right now. That's what um, many, many mainstream economists are saying. So I think the arguments about whether, can, whether we can like afford um, to do this, I'm kind of missed the bigger picture, uh, which is that if we don't do this, you know, not only will we have several million people uh, stuck in poverty who are going to struggle to find work for a very long time, because we know this is going to be years of turmoil, years of much, much higher like unemployment rates, uh, but also the impact of the economy when we have such a huge chunk of the community who are going to be unable to go out and shop and um, keep keep businesses afloat. I mean that that's really that's really the central question. Like I think at this point, uh, I'm, I'm questions about whether we can like like afford this. You know, kind of miss the point, which is that if we don't do this, uh, we'll face um, much more substantial um, problems, both in terms of, um, you know, what's going to happen to the fabric of, of our communities and to the health of, of um, you know, millions of our um, fellow citizens and other residents, um, but also, like, in terms of the ability of the economy to recover if all this money is sucked out of the economy. Now, you mentioned that a lot of mainstream economists are coming on board in terms of supporting uh, an increase in the unemployment rate. And this is perhaps a bit of a question from left field for you, Paz, outside of the remit of your role as the Raise the Rate campaigner. But there was an interesting article in The Weekend Australian by the ABC economist Alan Kohler where, and there was some technical arguments involved uh, relating to modern monetary theory, which is basically pumping the economy with money uh, generated by uh, the central bank or through, through the raising of the selling of, of bonds, Australian government bonds on the international market. So fueling the economy with more debt, but, but stimulating the economy um, with, with sort of increased government, uh, government money. And one of the things he talked about in that article was a federal job guarantee and he mentioned that the JobKeeper payment is currently around the minimum wage or slightly above the minimum wage. And he said, well, if the government's going to, to spend that money on JobKeeper, the JobKeeper allowance, why not actually create real jobs, create real employment? And then there's a question over whether that would really be decent employment if it's at the minimum wage. But I, I don't know whether ACOS has a position on this, Paz, in terms of, um, you know, should some of the money 
those pools of money we're talking about be spent, you know, not on unemployment, but actually trying to get rid of unemployment and some kind of federal jobs guarantee almost. I mean, one can think of um, historical parallels. The New Deal in America in the 30s is obviously one such example where, you know, the government should be spending money on actually employing its people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly, these, I mean, these are these are terrific proposals. Let's let's be frank. I mean, there are not enough jobs to go around at the best of times, and now we're in the worst of times. I think the the latest data I saw was I was that there were unlike eighty thousand job vacancies and one point six million unemployed people, and on top of that, as you mentioned at the start, um, you know, several hundred thousand people who've become discouraged. Who've, given up I'm looking for paid work like along with many people on JobKeeper who when JobKeeper ends if, if it does end you know will likely not have paid jobs to to return to um, like ACOS have pushed um, for a massive um, public housing program I'm expanding public housing stock and restoring I, I, I mean some of the older disused them stock um, great way of, of creating extra jobs along with obviously um you know like increasing the supply of like affordable housing we know there's a like infinite number of ways of of um of you know growing uh our renewables sector and like around the uh, the construction and manufacturing of, of uh the uh, components and parts for um for solar and wind generation uh so i mean certainly this is this is exactly the stuff that we need to look at um, uh, because I don't think uh, we can leave it to the market to um, to create enough jobs and to go around, certainly not at the moment. Um, and we know that, that in the absence of doing this, um, we're going to have um, you know people who are going to be unemployed um, for years and many people who will never be able to find paid work again because we know that uh, um, that's what happens um, after every economic crash.